0: Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, I'm Nicole, and this is Yes Dude, the show about shit we like. How are you? I'm fine. Fine? <laughs> me too. So the place next to my work—not the waxing place, but the other one that I beeped before because I said the name—uh-huh—might be permanently closed. Oh, <laughs> that's the gossip from one of my coworkers, at least. Because they opened, and I've only seen the football guy, because basically they just, it seems like, visually, they've hired just like a bunch of student athletes mm-hmm. to come help people work out. So I've seen, I think his name's Patrick. But his Either his first name or last name is Patrick, I know, because he came into my work one day. But I haven't seen them around for like a... I don't know, maybe a week, a couple days. I always see him because he goes across the parking lot and gets um, the pizza place in our plaza, does, like, slices, so he'll go get lunch over there, Uh, and I haven't seen him for a couple days, and then one of my coworkers came in, and she's like, hey, did you hear that they're closing? And I'm like, forever? She's like, yeah. One of our, I guess one of our customers told her that, like, they have been, obviously they've been closed, Mm -hmm. but... I guess they've been, like, still charging people the, like, membership fees, even though they were not (laughs) over. Yeah. There's a sign in the window. I read it. It just says closed until further notice. So we'll see if that changes. But they did, like, a lot of work over there to get all the salon stuff out and get it set up for them. So I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah. The saga continues. Yeah. I kind of hope that it does. Oh, I haven't told the salon story. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. You want to hear the salon story? The salon was there before the current place. Yes. Okay. So, the salon. There was, like, never anyone over there. I guess one of my customers used to go there. She comes in one day, and she's like, oh, hey, have you seen them? They haven't been there, and I had an appointment, and they didn't call to cancel, um, and I, there's no one over there, <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's really weird, so I guess, okay, it was the two women, one of them owned it, and the other one was, like, one of the stylists, the owner has, like, a 13-year-old son, I don't know, I guess he's, like, 14 or 15 now, depending on when his birthday is, because <laughs> this was okay. last year, but the other one has a guy and, like, six kids. And they would always just come hang out at the salon. Like, they never had any customers. And her fucking six kids are just, like, running around okay, <laughs> over there. So, like, that's weird, but not unheard of. I mean, sometimes it's slow. What are you going to do? But <laughs> I guess they didn't have permission, really, to rent that space in the first place. <laughs> what? Like, there was a salon there before that one. And they forged the owner's signature to sign the lease over to themselves when she moved out. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know, her lease wasn't up or something. Okay. So they, they forged her signature to sign it over to themselves. And because they couldn't afford the, like, 5000 a month rent or whatever, because it's, like, a high-end plaza. Yeah. Because uh, it's a commercial space. Yeah. The owner was sleeping with the property manager <laughs> instead of paying the rent. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, that is scandalous. Yes. So someone caught wind that they were not supposed to be there in the first place because they forged the signature. Dude, they disappeared overnight. <laughs> like, seriously, they disappeared. Rumor has it that the owner and the property manager fled the country and left her kid with her ex. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, they were in trouble. Whoa, Nellie. Yeah. That sounds like federal crimes yeah (laughs) oh that place is cursed maybe third time's a charm well it was the old salon and then it was that salon and now it's this place and we'll see what happens next but that was a good story to tell people yeah yo what are you drinking this week? I have water and I have black cherry seltzer I have Brew Doctor Kombucha Watermelon Limited Edition yum yes and it's only 80 calories and it's fucking delicious nice yeah. Watermelon, hibiscus, and green tea. I was going to stop at the store after work. And then I was like, I don't want to keep wearing this mask. Okay, so my neighbor just opened their door. <laughs> and also I, I can it. kind of hear the... When we, were... <laughs> when we were doing yoga, the people who live below me, I could hear their music. So if anything oh. like that happens, it's my neighbor's. <laughs> <laughs> I bought myself a cute mask. I should probably get closer, because the mask might muffle my voice. Yeah. (laughs) I'm wearing it, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to take it off, though, because it's hot. I know. (sighs) That's the worst. On Saturdays, I have to wear that thing for, like, 10 hours. No. (laughs) When I worked at the mill, I had to wear one, the Mm. N95 ones, but those weren't so bad. Yeah. But the regular cloth ones are kind of meh. I got this one, and then I got a blue floral one. Nice. Yeah. You had a camping story. What? How was camping? Oh, camping was real good. It was so friggin' beautiful. (laughs) So beautiful and so much what my soul needed. Yeah. Dude, I can't even, cannot even tell you how (laughs) relaxed I am going into this next week. I have a shit ton of stuff to do at work tomorrow and tonight I don't even care because I am so relaxed. Yeah, I didn't really get to see it because we couldn't get zoom to share our screens <laughs> nope apparently it doesn't work on ipads to screen share it just tells me to record yeah that was so weird Although, i probably could have brought my laptop and used my ipad as a hotspot, but that sounds sketchy when you're trying to camp <laughs> and yeah. i feel like my computer w- battery would not have lasted yeah uh also proud of us friday was a hit day Oh, I was (laughs) for those of you who do not know, uh, hit is high intensity interval training. Yeah, which is a bitch. (laughs) So the yoga like course challenge, whatever you want to call it, that we're doing is like a you know yoga for weight loss is like the title of it. Uh, So it's not just you know vinyasa. You're not just doing the poses. We're also doing like squats and lunges and mountain climbers today for like an hour it felt like plank shoulder taps and yeah burpees <laughs> friday nicole and i weren't doing it together because she was camping and we couldn't get our ipads to share so i was so close to just not doing it and just lying to her and being like yeah i didn't realize it was gonna be a hit that was really something <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you for doing it. And Full I'm disclosure, doing it. I did bribe myself with food. I ordered it, and I'm like, cool. When I get done, it'll be here, and then I won't have to wait. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it did get go it faster in. than I thought, but ugh. I don't like it was, sweating. It was rough. Dude, <laughs> those jumping ba- jacks killed my freaking IT bands. I am, like, they hurt to touch today, my yeah. quads. Also, discla- or side note: I went for a thirteen and a half mile bike ride today. Yeah, around North Portland. She did that, and then we did yoga right before we started this. I'm going to die, which was tomorrow. another. It was like cardio day, and the next day I'm going to die even worse because the second day is always the worst. Yeah, yesterday and I'm we did yoga still recovering at- from hit on Friday. <laughs> yesterday we did yoga at eleven because it was yoga for sleep and it was nice and I turned off all my lights and just turned on my Christmas lights in the window and it was nice but we didn't do enough work to get warm so the air was on and I was just very cold the whole time <laughs> <laughs> that's like perfect time for you to turn on your ambient noise of like the rain yeah my computer's in my room though and my oh. uh, computer I got 8 years ago probably when we lived in the dirty 30 and Ooh. I have not gotten it serviced or anything done to it. So my battery is like not good. <laughs> I need to get that replaced or serviced or something. But I don't unplug it very often because it doesn't last <laughs> very long. And also when we're sharing the screen, her audio cuts like drops a lot <laughs> and I can barely hear her without extra noise. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just like certain parts, like when we're doing uh, Shavasana. Like, that's fine because we're just laying there, but I have to keep like opening my eyes and looking over to see if we're up yet. (laughs) Like, are we still laying here? Actually, she glitches on me too sometimes. Yeah. I think it's just the stream. Yeah. It's probably just that. Okay. My downstairs neighbors are singing. What are they singing? I don't know. They do this sometimes. Hold on a second. They stopped as soon as I took my headphones out to listen, but whatever. (laughs) That's hilarious. I don't have downstairs neighbor. I am the den- I am the downstairs neighbor. Well, that's why I don't do like the jumping jacks. I didn't do full jumping jacks because like I have downstairs neighbors. But Yeah. Be grateful that you didn't do them all. I mean I still did the sidesteppies. I just did not well, yes. jump. <laughs> Those are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like straight up old school jumping jacks, dude. Yeah. Which are fine, but they kicked my ass. <laughs> They're just fucking jumping jacks. I'm so out of shape. I'm so glad we're doing this. All right. You go first this week? Yeah. Are we starting? Do you want to start? We can. Oh, I found out details of my dad's wedding. Oh, do you want to talk about that? Sure. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Go for it. So he's getting married on the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. We said that. Kennewick. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, A cherry orchard, I guess. Bring me Um, cherries. Okay. I bought some today when we went grocery shopping, actually. I know. We talked about that already. (laughs) I know, but they're so good. Anyways, (laughs) his wedding, he said, what did he say? Let me show you. (laughs) Okay. Let me read it to you. I'm a little bummed it's like directly on the 4th of July, especially since it's on a Saturday for the first time in my adult life. That means I get a Saturday off, but I'm not going to be doing anything, so. I know, but I'm just like, come on. Anyways, back to my dad's wedding. Uh, It's in Kennewick, and it's next to a, oh, Okay. (laughs) The driveway is next to Maynard, the tow truck. I'm guessing from cars. Probably. Uh, I'll be... Or he says he's going to go over on the 3rd, which is Friday, after he gets off work early in the morning. Uh, I probably won't go over till Saturday. hmm Is that your neighbor's door? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> he says he'll be cooking a barbecue rib dinner for the 4th about 4.30 p.m. And they will have about 30 of their people and 45 total. Meat will be provided and the rest will be potluck style. There will be fireworks after, donations accepted, then a fire, movie, popcorn, s'mores, snow cones, etc. Nice. Yeah. So we will see. Did you have s'mores while you were camping? I did not. What's the point then? (laughs) We're doing this challenge (laughs) and I'm trying real hard (laughs) to not eat s'mores on your camping trip. (laughs) to not shit the bed on it oh. yeah i'm just doing the yoga <laughs> are you ready okay yes for my first topic yes okay we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier right after yoga because my first topic is at leisure Ah, yes <laughs> love it yes i love it yeah you want to know okay nope go for it it's your topic i'm not gonna hijack it go for it. <laughs> okay <laughs> you can hijack it at the end okay okay So, athleisure can include yoga pants, tights, sneakers, leggings, and shorts that look like athletic wear and are fashionable, dressed-up sweats and workout clothes. Yes. Those last two parts were... Fashionable. Yes, those last two parts were in parentheses. (laughs) (laughs) So, obviously, Americans love athleisure. In 2016, it was estimated that the athleisure industry brought in 270 billion dollars. That's a lot of money, billion, in 2016 with a projected growth of 30% by this year, 2020. Holy moly. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me though because yeah, brands like Nike and Adidas and yeah, some of it's like expensive. Yeah, Lululemon, yeah. All, don't worry. I'll get to Lululemon. my next note just says chip wilson who is the creator of lululemon but we'll get there (laughs) so athleisure is not new i have it on good authority that the actual term athleisure was coined in the 70s but basically everything we wear today is athleisure (laughs) like everything yeah that (laughs) makes sense though because it used to be real formal back in exactly You had a different outfit for every occasion. You had like four outfits a day that you had to put on. Right? <laughs> That's so many. I mean, I'm just guesstimating. But, you had, but your, like, you had your dinner clothes if you were going out to dinner. You had your, you know, I don't know. You <laughs> your sleep clothes. Well, we still have sleep clothes. <laughs> you had your riding clothes for the horses. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of all started ish in 1892 the u.s rubber company started making rubber soled shoes instead of the whatever they were made with before i don't actually know me either i didn't look that all i know is rubber yeah (laughs) yeah i don't actually know so obviously that was those were made for sports and things like that the male college athletes Didn't really want to keep changing in between, like, class and then going to sports or whatever. So they were like, yeah, we'll just keep it on. It's easier that way. (laughs) So they would just, like, wear their athletic clothes to school and then go to their sports or whatever afterwards. And people hated it. (laughs) But they were like, hey, we're young and we don't care. We're too lazy to change. That sounds like me in high school. Yeah, basically so yeah that was my first thought i'm like that's so weird because like i mean at our school at least you if you play a sport you wear your jersey on game day like all day right all day yeah so in the 19th century europeans and britons started wearing sport coats because it was easier to hunt in sport coats rather than regular suits I don't really know what the difference is. I work at a dry cleaner. It's all a blazer to me. I don't know the difference. Right? (laughs) But young Americans really liked the look. And they were like, we're going to wear that. And we're going to wear it with different colored pants because we're cool. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not going to go hunting, even though they do. But also, they would just like wear it because they liked it. They thought it looked cooler. I think spore coats are more fitted than blazers. I don't know. I have zero idea. Maybe it's the fit. I didn't look up the difference for any of these. I just know that apparently it's easier to move around like that in a sport coat than in a regular suit. All right. In the 1920s, this is going to sound familiar. René Lacoste. What? René Lacoste. Okay. Of Lacoste. Okay. The brand (laughs) Lacoste. (laughs) The polo shirt with the alligator on it. Oh. (laughs) There you go. Okay. It's actually a crocodile. Okay. So René Lacoste is French. <laughs> he's a tennis player. And he invented what it was originally called the tennis shirt because tennis uniforms, outfits, I don't know if they were uniforms, but tennis outfits used to be long sleeved like everything else. That'd yeah. be so hot. Yeah. So. he did so much running. Uh, yeah, exactly. And he's like, I can't move like I need to. I'm going to cut the sleeves off of this. <laughs> so he invented the tennis shirt with shorter sleeves and uh buttons like a couple buttons on the front so that you could get some more movement if you needed to, you know, across the chest. And then Brooks Brothers and Ralph Lauren copied that design and put their own little logos on it and started selling them to polo players. Thus the name changed to polo shirt. <laughs> polos yes even though it was invented by renee lacoste which is a brand that still exists for a different sport it is more synonymous with polo i guess weird so it used to be a tennis tee but now it's a polo tee yeah exactly unless you live in arizona then it's a golf shirt and nobody knows what the hell you're talking about when you say polo shirt <laughs> <laughs> dude old people probs well it's a polo shirt and everyone out here wears them for golfing i assume because of the short sleeves and the in the extra room in the front with Mm -hmm. the buttons but when they drop off and you give them a prize for a polo shirt they're like oh what is is that just like this one i'm like yeah it's you know like a golf shirt with the collar it's called a polo (laughs) shirt the one right there in your hands exactly so 1930 brings us to gym shorts and this might definitely, absolutely be my favorite part of this whole story. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So in 1930, the Dartmouth College newspaper editors put out a call for the students to stage a shorts protest. A shorts protest? (laughs) The shorts protest. Shorts and protest are capitalized. It was apparently like a thing that happened. The shorts protest. The shorts protest at Dartmouth College. So (laughs) they put out a call to young men to Lounge forth to the supreme pleasure of complete leg freedom. Complete leg freedom. <laughs> complete leg freedom. I'm not done. They also ask them to bring forth your treasured possession, be it tailored to fit or old flannels de-legged. <laughs> they don't care what your shorts look like. They just want you to get those gams out, dog. <laughs> they just like cut the legs off of them. You're yeah. wearing shorts. Absolutely. You got pajama pants. They're kind of torn up. Cut those legs off. Wear them with us. Drop them off. Exactly. Let's go. At the knees, buddy. <laughs> so Damn. that's basically it for the. That's pretty legit. <laughs> what is a shorts protest? So that was basically all for the men's section. But women obviously had a different route to athleisure because in most societies, at least in European influenced societies, women were made to wear long dresses for most of history until the popularity of bicycles in the 1890s which you talked about already i did so the popularity of bicycles led the fashion industry to put out more kinetic clothing items including shorter skirts basically was it they put out shorter skirts that you could wear with a button down so that it's less dangerous for you to ride a bicycle. (laughs) So it doesn't get caught in the wheel. Yeah. Um, But they also had things like divided skirts, pantaloons, and shorts. Shocking. So basically, skorts. Yeah. But even into the 1950s, some colleges were still limiting the places that women were allowed to wear shorts in public, which sucks because they're just shorts We all got legs. (laughs) Unless you don't have legs, I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) But for the most part, legs Mm -hmm. are there. Also in the 1800s, across the board, was the invention of sweatshirts, which were mostly worn by athletes who were doing like rowing and stuff like that so that they could sweat more and drop weight and, you know. Be lighter on the boat. Exactly. Exactly. You know, hence the word sweatshirts. But they gained popularity and people started wearing them just like to class because they were comfortable and they're like, we don't want it. We just want to wear it all the time. It's comfortable and I like wearing it. And also they started making things like letter sweaters so that you could show your involvement with your sports. And in 1939, Vogue put out an article saying that most college girls owned at least 15 sweatshirts (laughs) that's how wow that's how popular they became in those like i don't know it just said it just said 1800s so i don't know exactly when the first sweatshirt was invented but fascinating yeah people loved sweaters so i dude i love sweaters yeah (laughs) but okay so like sweaters we wear sweaters all the time just like for wearing because it's chilly outside or because we think it looks good with our outfit and things like I've been wearing them like once a week to work during quarantine not me because it's Arizona and it's already over 100 but (laughs) lucky it's like 55 right now I wish but even things like Levi's were worn by you know farm workers because they were durable and then boys in the city were like hey that's a good look I'm going to throw those on. Like, we've basically co-opted everything that was made for work or (laughs) sport and just turned it into leisure apparel. Everyday wear. Exactly. (laughs) So, really, it's not just yoga pants and, like, sports bras (laughs) or whatever. Basically, everything has come from a place of purpose and been turned into leisure wear. But I just like athleisure because sometimes I just want to wear... I'm wearing track shorts right now. And, uh... that I got in the athletic department of target dude it's a problem living in Portland we have Nike world and a huge (laughs) Adidas campus yeah the okay so out of the two those two specifically Adidas has my favorite athleisure wear Mm -hmm. it's like the most fashion forward and they have their sizing is like a little more inclusive yeah I have zero opinions because there's no way I'm shelling out that kind of money for anything that I'm gonna put (laughs) on my body I don't ever buy it full price. That's why I go to the employee store where it's half off. You, like, try and find someone who gets passes and go with them. Yeah. It's so, like Costco. let's talk a little bit about Lululemon. Yes, please. Tell me, enlighten me, because I know a little bit, mostly, that they're just fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's about it. Okay. So, 1997. British okay. douche lord, Chip Wilson, takes a yoga class. And he says, hey, that guy's got on some tight dancing pants. And his butt looks good. I'm going to make those. And so he does. And then the world goes on to know him as a racist asshole <laughs> and still continues to support his business. I got a real problem with Lululemon. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you, like, what's up with this, what, with the Lululemon? Like... So, well, okay. they OK. Now I know. create but... While they create an incredibly hostile work environment, there is a famous case called the Lululemon murders <laughs> because an associate murdered another associate like she just snapped like she couldn't handle it anymore and she snapped (laughs) she murdered one of the other girls who worked at the store I think it was in New York and like they found them someone found them in the morning I guess whoever was opening the store but like she had killed the other girl and then tied herself up to make it look like someone had broken into the store and like tied her up and killed the other girl it's a whole thing you need to look it up but they create incredibly hostile work environments Um, I think that It's not explicitly in the rules that you are not allowed to drink anything but water. But if you drink anything but water on the floor, you'll get like snide comments from the other employees because you're being unhealthy and like promoting an unhealthy lifestyle. And their shit's way expensive and bullshit. Like whatever that one was with the like, uh, like, oh, we've infused our leggings with seaweed or whatever that one was for like a second. (laughs) Yeah, it's insane. What? Yeah, they are incredibly uninclusive in their sizing. He, the ownership, has gone on record saying uh, some things just don't look good on certain body types. When questioned about the sizing issue. And also, he named the store Lululemon because he thought it would be funny to hear Asian people try to pronounce all the L's. So, fuck Lululemon. <laughs> what a douchebag. Yeah, I don't know why anyone still buys his shit. Ugh, yeah, God, yeah. That's why I don't ever buy Lululemon. Yikes! There is a Lululemon store on Twenty Third. Maybe I should go put a no. Never mind. <laughs> I won't. I won't actually do that. Yeah, <laughs> just insane.
1: <Weird>. Anyway,
0: <laughs> anyways, in high school, I literally wore sweats and sweatshirts most days of the week. <laughs> I uh, did not. I had to keep up appearances and wear skinny jeans. I was going to say, you have an aesthetic to keep. Yes. (laughs) Are you ready? Yep. Okay. I'm going to sound like a super privileged bitch this week, and I'm really sorry for that. But I really miss brunch. (laughs) So I'm going to talk about brunch. (gasps) Okay. Seriously. So uh, let's talk favorite brunch meals. Um, I did a little history on brunch, and... Mm -hmm. There was like, basically it was just like, oh, people decided to... Eat in between breakfast and lunch. (laughs) Yeah, make breakfast for lunchtime or eat it a little bit later. And that's obviously where the word stems from. Mm -hmm. I kind of like rolled around. I want to say... I don't actually know the date. I didn't look or pay that (laughs) much attention. Yeah, because everybody loves brunch, right? We all just know what it is and love it. My favorite brunch meal... Or actually, I picked a handful of them. We can, we can discuss. <laughs> and then you can tell me some of yours along the way as well. Okay. Uh, one of my favorite brunch meals is Eggs Benedict. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it because there's so many variations. Uh, you have your classic, which obviously the ham. English muffin. The ham, poached egg, hollandaise. Yes. <laughs> I've never had Eggs Benny, but <laughs> I you love a it chef. <laughs> right? One of my favorite... Restaurants? Biscuits? You know Biscuits. Yeah, sorry. My neighbors are playing music loudly, so if you hear any background music, it's my neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) So Biscuits has a Benedict. It's called The Beast. It's bacon, egg, avocado, spinach, and tomato, and it is freaking delicious. It obviously comes with hollandaise and a muffin. Mm -hmm. English muffin. One thing that I really like, and one thing Stefan and I have kind of made a couple times at home, is a Smoked Salmon Benedict. So use the muffin, some pieces of smoked salmon, the egg, and the hollandaise. And it is darn good. So that's a couple of my favorite variations. Uh, My next favorite brunch item is corned beef hash. I love it. (laughs) If it's done well, it is so good. I have only ever had corned beef hash from a can. Oh, I've never had that. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. But, like, we would eat that when I was a kid. Yeah. I've never had it, so... I'm interested. My favorite is with red potatoes, like the hash, instead mm-hmm. of like regular hash browns. And then I like it with ketchup, obviously, for <laughs> last week's episode. And, and Cholula. I really like it on with Cholula. Cholula is not one of my favorite hot sauces. You got to go Tapatio. See, I too love Tapatio, but- It's harder to find for my in my corned beef hash, it has to be Cholula. And I don't know why. Me either. Cholula tastes too much like Tabasco for me. I think it might be because it's a little less tomatoey. I don't think there's tomatoes in Tapatio. Well, I mean, I, don't <laughs> I do know. think there's... it's closer to. I think there are less ingredients in it. Okay, because ta- uh, Tabasco is water, peppers, and vinegar, and I think I Cholula vinegar, is like one right? step up from that. Ingredients wise, a Tapatio has like other shit in it. Next brunch meal: a Denver omelet. I do like Denver omelets. I also like veggie omelets. Uh, usually add tomato because mm-hmm. most veggie omelets don't come with tomato. And I really like it in my veggie omelet. So Denver slash veggie omelets are good. Denver omelets. Basically, the only difference. Probably is not from Denver. Probably not. I don't actually know why they're called that. But well, the story goes, I mean, I don't know why specifically, but the story goes, which was probably added in retrospect, is that like, I don't know, there was like a pioneer woman who was making omelets and like the vegetables went bad. And so she, like, maxed them in an omelette, and it's like, they wouldn't have had those vegetables in Denver at that time, so fuck off. <laughs> right. is <laughs> basically the, like, yeah. It's something along those lines, but... Interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. I also really like a fancy frilly French toast. A Fippy Dippy? Yep. <laughs> One of the most Fippy Dippy fancy frilly French toasts I've ever had was at the Portage Bay Cafe in Seattle when I went to go see the Lion King right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. They had a whole freaking French toast bar. They had like a toppings bar. They literally had like a whole bowl of like whipped mascarpone. Like it was wild. (laughs) (laughs) They had peaches and pears and every single berry you could possibly imagine and chocolate chips and shattered sugar. And it was wild. Yeah. Next brunch item is shrimp and grits. I love a good shrimp and grits. I do like grits. So much. I like grits. The best shrimp and grits I ever had was on my road trip at Brenda's Cafe, or sorry, Brenda's French Quarter Cafe in downtown San Francisco. If you're looking for a good shrimp and grits here in Portland, the industrial in Northwest is really good. They serve a really good shrimp and grits. Nice. My last one is kind of a blend of a couple items (laughs) it's a Monte Cristo. Oh, you've had a Monte Cristo? i have twice in my whole entire life nice yes highly recommend doing it once um but you may want to go run a marathon to burn off the calories afterwards well yeah the one i had was at gravy over on mississippi avenue here in portland fucking bomb (laughs) so good they have like they serve it with hollow bread that's like super fluffy Mm -hmm. it's delicious (laughs) classic brunch drinks obviously mimosa bloody mary i like both And I will drink bottomless mimosas if given the chance. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's my favorite part about Vegas is the mimosas in the morning and the Bloody Marys (laughs) that you can get all the time. Yeah. Bloody Marys are my favorite, like, after I've been drinking the night before, just because you get the salt and the the spices. Yeah, I'm just not an orange juice person, so I would rather have a Bloody Mary. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... Due to recent events, I thought it would be cool to kind of mention a few Black owned brunch spots here in Portland. Yes. Uh, I've actually been to a couple of them without even knowing it. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. There is a list. Um, it's called, I think it's I Love Black Food PDX.com. And it's a list of Black owned restaurants here in Portland. Um, the first one is, I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but I think I am. It's Poshines Cafe or Pochine's. I think it's Poshines Cafe de la Soul. They're up in the Kenton neighborhood, which is kind of North Portland. I've actually been there. They're fabulous. Uh, I highly recommend. The next one is Black Street Bakery. They're a vegan pop-up bakery. They have a website that you can, if you just Google their name, I did it just to see like what their website looked like, Mm -hmm. to see if it was easy to track. And they had a list of where they would be. So uh, if you're looking for vegan bakery items, check them out. Nice uh dead stop coffee in old town by my work i've walked past there like 20 times and i've always kind of like wanted to stop now that starbucks is out of business i will definitely be stopping there um donut queen is on east burnside over in the tabor neighborhood um i'm looking for a new donut shop because blue star went out of business basically they closed all their locations and i'm real sad we talked about that didn't we uh yeah okay um we've actually been to this one together out of On alberta back to eden no. What's it called? <laughs> well, the place you're talking about, we did go there. Yeah. But we actually got food food at Fuel Cafe on Alberta, right next to the vintage clothing store. Was that the one with Stefan or with Jacob? Um, Stefan. Okay. Yeah. So Fuel Cafe on Alberta. We were there. So I thought it was cool. Yeah. I did not know what that was called. Me either until it popped up and I was like, wait a second, that sounds really familiar. And then I looked at it and it was like the vintage clothing store was next by. I was like next door. And I was like, oh my God, I've been there. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. And we were there together. Yeah. (laughs) Also, this is not really a brunch spot, but it is a breakfast spot. And they do serve breakfast all day. If you're looking for something quick and dirty and you want fast food, McDonald's. But there are two Black-owned locations. One over on Southeast Lamphere in Milwaukee and one over on 82nd Avenue in Portland. So if you're looking to support Black-owned business, support those guys. Mm -hmm. On the online list, it does have... uh, Whether or not they're open or whether they're doing takeout or if they're doing seating. Uh, Multnomah County just got put on hold for opening phase one. Yeah. So we're still technically in lockdown. (laughs) So that's cool. Uh, But yeah, check them out. I totally intend on visiting a majority of those places. Mm -hmm. It's also really cool because they have uh, different variations too of not just soul food. They have like Haitian food. They have like Somalian. They have all the different types, which makes me happy. So South African food also which is basically so- Som- somalia Somalia's in somalia africa, right yeah uh yeah okay That's i don't know I specifically where but i mean the coast yeah somewhere somewhere in africa it's a coastal yeah. country that is all i have for brunch nice i miss it what are some of your favorite like now that you're eating vegan what do you like to eat do you do brunch do you sometimes i feel like you think you're talking to a different person <laughs> why <laughs> oh i don't get brunch man It's just breakfast at 11. (laughs) But they're, like, specific items. I, like, wanted to get your, like, honest, like, vegan opinion. Like, what was, what we could do. I don't know because I've had brunch once in my life. Okay. My next thing is also not vegan. (laughs) It's not something that I eat now. But m ms I had some earlier. (laughs) Nice. What kind? Just regular plain chocolate. They were white. They were from Easter. Those are some old M and M's. yeah, but they tasted fine. They didn't have like the gross, like old chocolate flavor. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. And the coating, the coating wasn't gross. So yeah, I figured it was fine. I did, I did test one though. (laughs) I was like, is this still edible? Yes, it's fine. Yeah, we good. (laughs) M and M's were created because the inventor saw the Spanish men (laughs) eating a similar candy during the Spanish Civil War. I assume that was in Spain. (laughs) But he saw that and was like, hey, that's a good idea. You put the coating on there so that way the soldiers can carry around their little rations and it doesn't melt and they can still enjoy it. And as we all know, the best kind of M&M is the kind that's been sitting in the car and the inside's all melty. (laughs) Yes. But not like liquidy, just a little melty. soft. Yeah. Yes. So production began... For American M and M's in New Jersey in 1941, uh, the let me guess what? In Hershey, Pennsylvania. No, it was New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. <laughs> I did say New Jersey. <laughs> but they're but M and M's are owned by Hershey, though, right? Well, here's the thing. I can tell you a fact about that in a second if you want. I mean, I do want. So go ahead. Okay. So the um the M M&M and M are initials for the guy who created them and the son of the owner of Hershey's or something. But basically, he made that agreement and then Hershey's let them use the chocolate because at the time, it was during World War II and Hershey's owned the rights to the chocolate rations. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. So he had to make that deal with them in order to get to make them. So the... U.S. Army was the first big customer, and during World War II, M&Ms were supplied exclusively to the military because of all the rationing. And also, that's exactly why they were created. In 1978, they opened a second factory in Tennessee. I don't know why that fact was first, because that is not the first date that I have. (laughs) But in 1950, they added a black M to the candies. And in 1954, they changed it to a white M. Hmm. Uh, Also in 1954, they introduced peanut M&Ms that only came in tan color. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because it's peanut. No, you don't have to second guess, I guess. But in 1960, yeah, in 1960 is when they introduced colors to the peanut M&Ms. To make them more fun and appealing, I'm sure. Yes. Yes, marketing. Uh, in 1976, orange replaced the red M&Ms because there was a scare with the red dyes two and four, which Jacob is allergic to. So, like, there is reason to be cautious with, with red dyes if you have allergies. But in general, you'll be fine. it's not that big of a problem interesting um and then in 1987 they reintroduced the red so that was 11 years (laughs) that people were like you gotta keep that red out of our m&ms right we don't want the red yeah that red one it's a no yeah which orange is not that orange is a, a byproduct of the red so like chill i was gonna say isn't it just mixed with yellow basically so it's a lesser volume of red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in the 1980s, M&M's were introduced to markets in Australia, Canada, Europe, Hong Kong, Japan, Malaysia, and the United Kingdom. So we Dang. apparently we only had them in America until the 80s. <laughs> and then and then they started going overseas. And in 1996, they introduced arguably the best form of M&M, the mini. Yes! <laughs> in the tube. Yeah, the minis in the tube. It's the minis, yes. and they only produced them in the tubes. They do now. I was looking at their website. Uh, they do make them in like the share size bags, so like the resealable ones. I think they mm-hmm. make the minis, but traditionally it only comes in the little plastic flip top tube. I remember those. Yeah, that's the best kind of M M&M. and M. I remember like flipping them open, going, pouring them <laughs> straight into the mouth. Like a pixie stick? Yeah, but chocolate. (laughs) But chocolate. On the website today, I went on and I counted 15 varieties of M&M. That's all I have. (laughs) That's all my notes. (laughs) My favorite M&M is the crispy. Okay, that was going to be my question. Let's talk about M&M's. I didn't get to do all the fun flavors, but I love a peanut M&M. That's my mom's favorite, and I always like them. I do like peanut M&M's. Uh, I also like peanut butter m ms Those are good. I can't remember if I've ever had that. They're delish. Yeah. It's like the peanut m M&M, m but without the chunk and all cream. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> but definitely the crispy, I think, is my all-time favorite m M&M. I've definitely not had that. So good. Oh, so the crispy, fun fact, used to be one. They discontinued it in 2007. Apparently, people liked it a lot, so they brought it back in 2017. Yep. <laughs> I did know that. Yep, I was real sad when they took it away. Yeah, <laughs> I have not been to M M&M and M World. Have you? Uh, in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. How was that? <laughs> it's fun. Oh, uh, there's you know what? Three floors. I do think I went once because I had on my Italian charm bracelet <laughs> a green M M&M and M charm. So I think maybe oh. once, but I don't remember that. I just remember having the charm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. They have three floors. Uh, usually on the third floor, they have some sort of photo op with certain An M&M. color M&M's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One or two. And what else? They have, I think the second floor is just their giant wall of M&M's. They have, like, I think it's sectioned off by, like, what kind of M&M's there are. They definitely have the peanut. They have the regular. Then they have, like, pastel colors. Like, they have all the regular colors and they have pastel colors of them all. Like, you can get specialty colors. You can get, you can place, like, a specialty order with words printed on your M&M's, like a mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. or the yeah. last name of your wedding party or something. You can do all that on the website, too. Yeah. But you can do that there. Um, They have a lot of clothes or cool, like, little knickknacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's a fun little experience. Yeah. I also really like the M&M cookie ice cream sandwiches in the yellow box. I don't know that I've ever had those. Oh, my God. They're so good. You need to get some. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh. Is it just, like, M&M cookies with ice cream in the middle? hmm Yes. I have had those, actually. Yeah. Those were my favorite. So good. Yeah. So good. I think it was always just a single out of the ice cream case, but I definitely have had those. Yeah. They sell them in the boxes. I think there's only like six in there, but yeah, those work so good. You know what also sounds really good right now that we're on the topic of ice cream sandwiches? Hot. The Toll House cookie sandwich. Yeah. I have a distinct memory of that from Disneyland. (laughs) The first time we went, we were on the... We were near the Mark Twain Island... And we were doing the canoe things. I don't know if they, I don't think they do the canoes anymore, but they used to. And the first time we went, we were doing the canoes and the guy was like, giving me a hard time because I was a child, <laughs> first of all. Right. So what the fuck am I going to do? But also I was just like eating an ice cream sandwich while everyone else did the work. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. <laughs> I do like m They're delish. Yeah. I think they're like the classic candy, like classic American candy. Yeah. Like, what I-, I mean, I would have to ask foreigners like what do you what is a classic American candy? I would have to take a poll. But yeah. For me, like classic American candy would be M&M, and Kit Kat, and Snickers. And then I think Kit Kat has kind of gained a, a more global audience though because like Canada and Japan have been coming out with like extra flavors that you can't get in the yeah. US, so Like, I feel like there are... less something like that, right? Yeah. Japan has green tea. I don't know. Canada does wild stuff. (laughs) But... (laughs) They have, like, maple ones, probably. (laughs) Probably. I don't know. There's, there's like, a cookies and cream one. I just feel like it's gained broader appeal. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. When I think of it, I think of, like, oh, classic America. Like, but obviously it's gone broader than that. But I don't know. I I actually don't know if... Was it made in the U.S.? Kit Kats? Yes. Oh, I don't know. I think probably I seen, we invented it, but there are I'm sure there are versions. Variations, that are, yeah. yeah. That's all I had about M&Ms. <laughs> I was just like, I can talk about that for a minute. They're good. I like them. <laughs> yeah. OK, so I didn't go into oh, the history on this a whole lot. Sorry. But... I totally skipped over M&M McFlurries. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How did we forget that? I don't know, but I'm glad I said it now, and I don't have to put a note in my phone for <laughs> the next break room. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But Those that is the really superior good. McFlurry. It is. You eat all the I top part to say- and then it melts and then you just have like blank m ms at the bottom. I do have to say the Butterfinger McFlurry comes in a close second. I think I've only had the M&M because it's the mini M&Ms and why would I ever want to betray that? Right. Like, why would you stray from that? <laughs> exactly. It's so good. It is so good. <laughs> I do like If I'm going to get an ice cream item at McDonald's, that's definitely it. Yeah. Anyway, you can go. (laughs) I didn't go into the history a whole lot about this, uh, just because I feel like we can talk about our recent experience. Um, But I chose yoga for my last topic today. Mm -hmm. What's that face for? You chose yoga? Yes. (laughs) Because I did yoga in like episode three. Oh, fuck. (laughs) God damn it. Has it been that long? (laughs) Yes. Okay, well, then let me think of something else really quickly. We can talk about yoga again. Okay, well... We can do a yoga redux. No, basically, it was more specifically about our yoga challenge. No, we can... Not just, like... We can talk about that. (laughs) Just... I seriously, like, didn't do a whole lot of, like, research into the history of it. Yeah. But it was more or less just our yoga challenge. Okay. (laughs) We can talk about that. (laughs) Okay. So... That's literally my first line. <laughs> I need to go d- through my notes and write down the things that... Episode five. Fucking hell. That's funny. Okay. So, basically, uh, Emily and I have been doing a yoga challenge, 30-day yoga challenge with Julia Marie. Yes. Uh, Weight wait, wait loss for yoga. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the show. Uh, we're on day 21, so week three. We just finished day 21 today before recording. So, yes, we did. I like it. I find that I'm more motivated... Which is really funny because that's what she talked about at the end of the episode today. Is was, it? Yeah. I like it. So I'm more motivated to do it because I like it. It kicks um, my ass. I guess that was like a side point that she made. Well, yeah. But she still <laughs> like touched on it. But like I'm not too sore and I notice that I'm like gaining flexibility, but I'm sore enough. And like, I don't know. She talks. Julia talks a lot about that fine line between being flexible and also being like pushing too hard. Structure. <laughs> Well, there's that, but also being like physically strong, mm-hmm. like flexible, but also like finding that balance of not being overly flexible. Yeah. Um, and I, I find that this course is really, the way that she talks about it really helps me engage my body in the proper ways. So the term yoga in the Western world basically is like, it's the modern form of Hatha yoga <laughs> or yoga is exercise. That's basically all I went into in the history I think I have that note in mind, too. (laughs) Yes. And the only reason I'm mentioning that is because it's largely based on asanas or postures. Yeah. Which is what I wanted to discuss because I'm finding those poses so beneficial. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know names for a lot of them before. Yes. Especially when we first talked about it because I hadn't done a class for years. Yeah. I did know some of them. And some of them, I'm like, I don't know what that's supposed to be. The first, I guess it's not really a pose- but more or less a twist. The supine twists, (laughs) where your back popped. uh, I love those. Yeah. (laughs) I'm stuck at my fucking desk all day long. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the ones that I absolutely love. Do we want to try to describe them? (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) So supine twist. You lay on your back with your feet on the ground. So Knees up, feet on the ground. Yep. And then you just kind of like... Let your lay legs your fall knees. to the side. <laughs> yeah, lay your knees over to one side. And then when you're ready to stretch the other side, you come to the middle, shake it out a little bit, and then let them fall to the other side. Yeah, it's nice. It is nice. It's super simple. It's usually but something it's done at the end towards the Shavasana, but after we work our booties off. Yeah. Uh, I also really like pigeon. I don't know that I'm doing pigeon right. <laughs> I really like I it. I never know that I I'm feel- doing any of them right. And I'm like... Well, I don't feel what she said, but okay. <laughs> I notice that I feel my body relax because I have to, like, readjust in order to keep the stretch sensation. I'm like, okay, now that stretch is working. And I really find that in the pigeon, especially uh, deep in my low back, like my glute and my IT band. Um, those are really, really tight on me. Uh, I had prior back injuries, um, and I find that pigeon is one of my absolute favorite poses. So I'm really glad that we've done that several times in that course. Yeah. (laughs) Also, child's pose. Um, At the beginning of the course, I was really tight. But now, every time I'm in child's pose, my back realigns and pops, and it feels fabulous. Oh, I guess we didn't really talk about pigeon on (laughs) what that looks like. That's hard to explain. So pigeon is basically a lunge. So say you bring your right foot kind of in... How do you describe that one? So... You're going to hang on your tummy first of all. Yes. So, you're going to be on your stomach if you know what um cobra, cobra pose is. You're uh holding your like front half up, right? So like your head and chest and torso are up off and your legs are flat, you're on your stomach and you keep one leg straight behind you and you bring the other one up so it's like bent out in front of you, curled in. Yeah. <laughs> this Basically- is funny. <laughs> Basically, your foot would be kind of toward your, your right foot would be toward your left hip flexor and you'd be kind of sitting on your right hip, but also have your back leg stretched out behind you. <laughs> a child's pose. Basically what it sounds like if you've ever seen a baby take a nap when their legs are together, arms out in front of them, face down in the mattress. Yeah. Basically, you're just kneeling and then you... Lay down with your arms out in front of you, face in the mat, <laughs> <laughs> like a little baby. I actually think I prefer the child's pose over happy baby. They're two very different things, but I think I like the name of child's pose more than happy baby because happy baby are made a poop gassy baby because <laughs> that's the position that gassy babies fart in and it makes them happy. So well, every that's time why a happy baby called that. <laughs> I know it grosses me out. That's why I don't like it. Yeah. downward dog holy cow i have noticed a lot of progress on my heels well you're not necessarily supposed to have your feet flat down but i don't uh i just stretch my back of my legs yeah i am torn i mean i have no nothing against downward facing dog but my hands get so sweaty (laughs) and so like i have to like i can't be like I can't have my feet at the end of the mat because it's too much of an angle, and my hands slide forward. <laughs> like I have to bring it in more, and then it's like that's that's not right though. <laughs> it's not downward dog. Yeah, it's that's like just... halfway between downward dog and forward fold, right? And and then when we go raggle? straight to plank from there, I have to step back <laughs> instead of just right. going, and you're off your mat again. Yep, plank position. That's just a plank. Y'all know what a plank is. Yeah. <laughs> that one has kind of grown on me I think that I've made the most progress there I've made a little progress with what's it called plank to upward facing dog to downward facing dog oh chaturanga chaturanga yeah because I'm I mean I still I don't want to do push-ups I don't know that I would be very good at coming back up but the going down I got and then you have to flip your feet over and like not just like lay your legs on the ground you're supposed to be like holding yourself up with the tops of your feet and <laughs> your shins yeah that's one thing that she talks about a lot is pressing through your shins and i'm i'm glad she talks about that because it's a good reminder for me that way i'm not putting too much pressure on my wrists or my hands yeah i really like that she yeah i mean i can do that in but the middle like, of poses talks about it yeah i can do that and, like do the like holding of it but like once you're like in plank and then she wants you to like flip to upward-facing dog, I'm like, I gotta, like, get down and then push myself back up. <laughs> Same. Instead of just, like, not. automatically flipping your feet over, I'm like, no. <laughs> I can't try to transition like that. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. I'm not there yet. I like how you both said yet. <laughs> Crow pose. I am excited to see our progress on that. Going I'm gonna try real quick. Yet. Hold on. Okay. Do it. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that one is a little hard. So... Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you're balancing on your hands and your knees are kind of tucked and leaning on your elbows. Well, it's not really supposed to be on your elbows. It's like on the outer edge of your (laughs) upper arms. Yeah, your biceps. So basically, you have to be able to support your entire body on just your hands. So (laughs) now, yeah, (laughs) you're balancing on your hands. Yeah, I am not anywhere close yet, but I'm gonna keep working on it. I had a revelation. Yoga. The reason it's called practice is because you have to practice to get the moves. Like, mm-hmm. continue. Well, practice to, like, get there. Well, it's also because you're always practicing. practicing. Like there, You know, you can call yourself an expert, but you're not really an expert. You're always practicing. Right? Like, you'll never be perfect. You'll never be mess. done. Yeah. yeah. Like, your body will never stop needing stress relief yeah. or relaxation or meditation or spirituality. Yeah. If you want to go that route. <laughs> of some sort. Mm-hmm. Or not. But in the terms of yoga. Yeah. Spirituality. (laughs) But yeah, that's about it. I just kind of wanted to talk about our challenge and like the fact we're doing it. I'm proud of us. Mm -hmm. Also, the fact that we did it not together, but like camping. Also, (laughs) I'm excited to put the straps on my yoga mat. My sling. I bought a sling for my yoga mat. I'm real excited about it. It's just like a little carrying strap. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, for, for what? <laughs> it's just a little carrying strap. Yeah. But it's called a, a yoga mat sling. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's cool. So I got one. I'm excited to put it on. I'll feel real official. <laughs> Even though you're just going to take it off to put it on your floor again? Yep. <laughs> I have to wash it though. It's dirty from camping. Yeah. <sighs> How should I wash it? Should I just wipe it off with water? Um, You can. They make a spray for like disinfecting, okay. but you know, she's a damp rag. Yeah. It's not like dirty gross yet. It's just dirt dirty. Yeah. Have you noticed any like body positivity changes in yourself? I guess we kind of talked about that yesterday. Yeah. Not really. When we were doing it. <laughs> but also uh, I haven't like super been watching what I'm eating. So. neither. either. I've been indulging a mm, lot. Yeah. During the work week I'm good but I blow it on the weekends. I just need more water in my life I think. Dude yesterday at work I peed when I got there and I didn't pee again until I got home but while I was at work i had a bang so however many ounces that is and then i had three bottles of water and i use my blender bottle so that's like 25 ounces each (laughs) and i did not pee the entire time i was at work damn i know i'm like i don't know what no i'm like i don't know what happened no because maria came in and she turned down the air for me so it wasn't that hot in there either i'm like i don't know what happened to all of that liquid (laughs) but weird yeah did you pee a lot when you got home or just a No, not bit? really. I didn't even have to, like, go that badly. That's so weird. I was weird. just like, I'm going to go pee before my food gets here because I ordered Indian food. So weird. Yeah. Maybe your body needed it. I guess. I just sucked it all up. <laughs> all right. Do you have anything more to say? I do not. My iPad has 3% battery left. <laughs> oh, hot damn. Yeah. Well, we are. Good timing. Yeah. Also, I am tired to shit. Yeah. All right. Since we've talked about yoga twice now And we have <laughs> nothing more to say If you're listening on Apple Podcasts Give us a five star and a review If you're listening on SoundCloud Give us a like and a review there Those things really help us out Check us out on Instagram and Twitter At Yes Podcast on both We want to hear from you uh, Are you doing anything during quarantine? Like a yoga challenge like we are? Let us know We will talk to you guys next week Bye Bye <laughs>